Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Wade Mariano, and I'm always joined by a one... Trace Finicaro. And... That guy who talks about the snakes. That's a one, Gunner Kennedy. We are also joined by a very special guest, a one, William McKissick, a very close friend of the show. Uh, I wonder if I've known Will the longest. I know that you and Gunner are closest, but I've known Will since, like... You did you used to live down, you lived like down by Southside right Yeah, I used to live in Southside. So yeah, I, I hung out with you. I think uh, Ed Stankovitz every once in a while. And Tim Tobin. Yeah, the Tobins. The Tobins. Yeah. Shopper. Shaka Khan. He actually lived moved, lived next to me again. Shaka Khan. Yes, thank you for having me. I also oh. sounded like you were going about ready to say sponsored by myself. But. Sponsored by. <laughs> sponsored by. Will. Actually, uh, you are a field technician for, um, uh, what what are they classified as? Um, it's a slot manufacturer. A slot manufacturer. Um, So like casinos, things like that typically is your trade. And, um, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been with the company Aristocrat for two years. I did work at the Turning Stone Casino for eight years, six of which was a technician. Two of which is I suffered in the cage, counting money with my horrible math skills. Never <laughs> balancing. Well, the casino did fine. Yeah. <laughs> I usually made money for the casino and still got yelled at. <laughs> Mainly because I don't usually like people, so I never gave back the correct change. Eh. So. That, but. Is it the same way when you fix a machine? Do you, like, you leave a couple bolts out? I mean, that's just, you know, trade secret. You can't actually rebuild something and not leave screws and bolts out it's it's lightning now we we were talking yesterday and this company you're working for you said within the last three years i believe they've gone from the third largest to the largest slot machine manufacturer yeah now they were we were number one like overseas the europe and the uh, pacific regions uh america they finally busted through to get number one so that's now worldwide. And how long have you been with them? Uh, two years. Two years. So you've seen that growth. Yeah. Has, has it been a lot of hiring? Has it been uh, a lot of uh, a lot of um, work's been queued up where oh, yeah. the work people is, are working overtime? Yeah, the work the overtime is is uh, has been a lot. They've just they just recently started hiring for the for the Northeast, which they knew they knew all these new casinos were coming. They just some reason just sat in their you know sat in their hands until oh wait we need we need more people so it's been a lot of overtime for us um could be stressful now the way you described it it involved a lot of travel yeah Uh, and is that because you're setting up these new casinos or the casinos are just ripping out all their old stuff a little bit of both um what we mainly do is um that's uh, uh recurring revenue especially is we share profits with the casino. Like they pay us a daily fee. Oh, so those things tend to, you know, once they once they stop making as much money that they they should be, they get partnered with new machines, new themes. Um, but we also do if the casino casino can buy our product too, and they usually generally have a ninety day warranty on them. So anything between those, like we go we cover from you know once it unloads the truck to the floor. 90 days so we actually will set the machines up for them get them all set up 
Now that's really interesting. So it's it's a revenue sharing thing. Does that mean that they don't actually have to pay cash for the slot machine? How does so that work? Still, well, they have a daily fee um, on the on the machine. So. so they're they're kind of leasing it or renting it. Yeah, it's, it's a lease. Machine, you know, it's it, it is a lease. Now the, the, the aristocrat also they also offer the option to buy, right? Or yeah. are they? Yeah. Um, well, the recurring revenue or the lease stuff. That's generally your uh, the theme stones. Like we offer the Walking Dead, Game of Thrones. Um, are they only so, offered with? Yeah. So the premium stuff. That's is the the lease stuff. Those are really only be offered mainly because they have to pay licensing fees. Okay. Um, but our you know our typical the typical slot machine that we sell to a casino is usually just something that we've produced. So if you there. have a typical slot machine with cherries and bars and stuff on it, yeah. it there's really no royalties to pay, so the casino would have no problem yeah. buying it outright. But the stuff that has uh, some licensed content on it, like you said, like a movie or a TV show, uh, those are the ones that they're. It really just it just it sounds like the business model wouldn't make sense for them to purchase because they'd yeah. be responsible for paying royalties on something. That, that they own right yeah. now is is that title like let's say walking dead for example um is it a flat rate that gets paid back to uh to amc for that name or or is it something where it's a percentage of the revenue and then they're paying a percentage to you and then you guys are paying a percentage to walking dead or is it just a flat uh that, licensing fee that is above my pay grade but, <laughs> uh probably it's going to be a, a flat rate because it's interesting, right? Because if you're a fan of one of these movies or one of these TV shows, you could actually support them by playing their slot machine. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, and then we're coming out with a third, the third Walking Dead, which covers like the later seasons. Okay. The Game of Thrones, the, the Game of Thrones game that we have out there, we have two out there now. Well, the first one covered like season one through three, so all the bonusing and like that. You go into the Blackwater Bays and, mm-hmm. and all that, and the the second one we just rolled out earlier this year covers four to. Like four to six or seven, whatever the the latest season last season was. Now, are they generally the same machine with just updated software, or do the, you guys rip out and replace those old Game of Thrones machines with brand spanking new ones? Uh, like our the latest one is a brand spanking new cabinet. It actually has a fifty five inch S curve four K monitor on it. Wow, fifty five um, inch monitor on a on a slot machine, yep. and is that laid out horizontally yeah. or is that well, laid it's, vertically? It's vertical. It's vertical. So yeah, it's in portrait mode. Portrait mode, and it's curving up and over their head. It actually cur- well, it actually is an S curve, so it curves, you know, it goes out and then back in and then up again. It, is oh. a, it looks like a funhouse mirror, basically. And that is the screen. That is the screen. And that is the screen you interact with. Yep. It's actually. Are they all touch screen now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like even the the button deck, you know, is actually a twenty three inch monitor touchscreen so the buttons themselves that normally would have like your your wager on it so like it could be a penny it could be a dollar um it could be times five all of those buttons you're saying it's just one large screen or is each button an individual screen uh nowadays the most of the new ones are all one large screen with one large screen so it's just a big touch screen yep what's uh is, is it, do you strictly work on um, like video machines, or does your do you ever have to work on anything that's like analog with a handle and stuff like that? We have those. They're they're called steppers. What they call them, but yeah, they're they're analog. They're basically they're you know the plastic reels. All they're going is is optics. So there's the reels themselves don't even matter. It's just whatever the basket that they're sitting in has different spots on it for you know the 
where it's supposed to stop. So Aristocrat still sells old style slot machines? I mean, they're a kind of combination of both. They have the, the reels themselves, but they generally have some kind of screen. Okay. Uh, one, usually one or two screens that you interact with. Now, um, from a, like a, because I, I, be, I believe I remember hearing this, but I don't, I don't actually know if there's any truth to this or not. It might just be one of those rumors or myths. Like when our casino, Turning Stone, first opened, like part of the contingency was, well, they're all video screens, so it's not actually a, uh, like if, if it didn't have, if it wasn't like a one-arm, what was it, one-arm jack or something one-arm like bandit, that? Yeah. One-arm bandit, that's it. If it wasn't actually like a one-arm bandit, like it didn't actually count as, it was like a, like a workaround as to why they could open the casino in New York State. I actually know... I actually know that being okay. employed there yeah. um, in the IT department, um, I actually know the answer to that. Um, and what happened was uh, Kino, which is, you know, lottery, was legal when the casino was built. And that was part of the state agreement they could have Kino. And Kino is a certain class of gaming. The slot machines did not fall into that class because you were putting the money directly into the machine and it was you against the machine. It was not a pool of money. It was not a, a pool of, of, of winning results. So with Keno, the balls actually come up, you know, like a lottery system. They come up into a chute and then they read the number off. What, what the casino that you're talking about, Wade, what, what, what they did is they built a computer system, an electronic Kino system that drew those balls electronically, and then they reverse engineered all of the slot machines to talk to Kino numbers. So that was weird because if you hit play at the same time on two machines, you'd get the exact same results. Hmm. So it's because all of the random numbers were being generated from a centralized system. So it was it was less about the fact that it was video and missing the arm. It, it was really about the regulation where you're betting directly against the machine and the money's going directly into the machine. And we're not the only state that has issues like that. There's different. There are different games that technically fall into that loophole, but the the, the digital thing basically makes it easier to emulate the. Because even though even though you're sitting in front of a a a, a slot slash multi-game machine in the background it's actually playing it's actually playing a different game of chance as it were yeah it's actually categories as class two gaming which is a bingo as they more call it um, right actually if you go to the save on gas stations those are all a class two if you look on one of the screens there's actually a bingo card um our company does the same thing um with certain we, have, we bought out another company that does strictly class two gaming stuff, um, but they it's basically remote ball call. So they have a server somewhere, or it's either going to be local at the casino or somewhere out in Tennessee or wherever, and that is always basically drawing bingo calls. So basically, you have to have two people playing. So as soon as, soon as one person hits the play button, it drops forty balls, you know, automatically, and then it fills out the card. And then it just keeps on calling balls like every four seconds or something like that until someone gets a winning combination on that card, and that's what they win. Uh, on those machines, you'll actually see uh, posted on the machine reels are for entertainment purpose only. So you can actually hit the play button, not win anything, and just sit there, don't hit anything, and your your bingo card will fill up, and you'll get a winning combination, and you'll win something. Huh. But most people don't do that. They hit the you know they just hit the button, they don't win. And so they just get you hit the button again. So right, uh, it's and basically you had to get a pattern on the bingo card. Same has been bingo, 
and that's how they get under a lot of regulations. And class two gaming doesn't have to pay state taxes in most regulate in most regulatory agencies. Oh, gotcha. Does yeah, that that probably to... that's probably historical because bingo has been used for like fundraisers, yep. right? So like uh, like the VFWs and stuff will run bingo. It ends up being tax exempt because they're like, well, you're doing it for the VFW. You're not doing it for profit. And uh, it kind of allows some of these casinos to slide into the gambling industry um, for cheap. Uh, Now, you said that some of the gas stations around here are still operating uh, with the bingo concept to the machines. Um, However, the casino that that you're talking about, Wade, Turning Stone, they've actually switched their systems over, and they don't have to do that anymore. They they finally came to an agreement with the state and were granted... um, what is it now? Class three. Class three. Class three slot machines. So you're actually putting money right in. Yeah. Which, as a te- you know, tech standpoint, who worked there when they were still class two hybrid, whatever you want to call it, um, it's more of a pain in the ass because it's more hardware you have to deal with the actual bill, bill and ticket printers. Um, we went from you're, having, you're saying it's worse. Yeah, we went from just having to deal with card readers issues to printer issues, uh, bill accepting issues, still the card readers. But on, on the flip side of that, you don't have the footprint in the back end yeah. of all those random number generators. Yeah, because each each banking machines had its own server, and yeah, there's something on the order of like 200 yeah. dedicated servers just for drawing numbers there. So you think about the average company, how many how many like servers they'll have inside a computer room this place had 200 of them mm-hmm. just to make sure that those those bingo or kino balls were showing up yeah. um and they're spread out like four different room you know server closets that's crazy yeah now you talk about regulations and typically they're state commission board gaming boards right yeah. like, um so i assume so i come from like a dairy background where we have, like, our systems and machines are sealed by the state. They have, like, a state seal. If we have to go inside them, there's a bunch of regulatory stuff that we have to do. Like, the seal, if the seal gets broken, like, the state has to be called in to reseal it and whatnot um, before it's, like, all good or whatever. Is it similar to these machines? Like, do you... Yeah. It uh, depends on the jurisdiction. Like, um, the, the uh, Oneidas here down in Turning Stone, they, you know, they have their own key. They put a seal in the door. You know, the commission has to be there to open the seal, make sure. Um, New York is very similar. They seal the machine. They have their own their own keys. The New York, like the Del Lagos, the Rivers and Schenectady and, and whatnot. Um, but I've been to other casinos where the technicians have the keys to the door. Right. Um, the commission is just seal the software. And I know of other jurisdictions where they just, you know, they don't care. You know, there's just the... There's no lock on the door. It's just the shipping lock is on there. So it could be just like a night, you know, just just a, you know, a turn knob that you know keeps the door shut. You know, they think, oh, as long as the outdoor outer door is fine, it's it's good. And the technology's changed, right? I mean, when yeah. when uh, when you first started working on slot machines, some of them were um, were using different technology to put the software on than they are now, right? Because yeah. I remember seeing some that actually had like a CD-ROM inside them. Oh yeah, which those don't exist anymore, right? No. no, I mean. So with that, you can if if you're in control of the CD-ROMs, you can make sure that the 
that the that the system isn't tampered with that much, right? I mean, you still got to make sure that there's no physical access to the machine. Yeah. But now, I mean, how how do they work now? Is it a firmware that gets loaded onto each one? Is it a full blown um, operating system that you guys are putting on there? Full blown operating system, generally. Yeah, like we all have our own dedicated operating systems. Um, the my company, the Aristocrat, they still use you know, use a Linux and Linux code. Um, but our gets loaded on with uh, our newer stuff is it's a CFAS card. Generally, like a 16 gig CFAS goes on there. What's a CFAS? Is that like a flash card? That's a flash card. It basically has like the same connections as like a, an SD. There's a SSD. Okay. So it's got the small and the large you know connector for power and for data. Now, before we ask you any more questions, um, is there is there anything in your job that you're under non disclosure for? So I don't want to ask you too much stuff. Um, no. Nah, Good. Really. <laughs> My job is, you know, I'm the I'm the grunt on the ground, so I don't the high level stuff. I usually don't get too too involved with. Now, one of the things that people were constantly asking me, working uh, at a casino in the IT department, I'm sure you get it a lot too, is they would say, "How do, can you turn this machine up?" They would always ask me, "Can you turn this machine up?" And you're the actual guy working yeah. on the machine. How many times a day does somebody ask you if you can turn the machine up? When I worked at Turning Stone as a technician, I got asked that probably at least thirty times a day. Thirty times a day. I assume yeah. like turn it up, like turn the volume up, or no, turn, no, the, turn up the payouts, the oh. payout rate. Yeah. yeah, and especially being electronic, because people start thinking, and the listen, some of the listeners are probably thinking this too. Being electronic, they're thinking, well, you can just put a little, a little thing in there to say, pay me more. Yeah. You know who I am. I got a player's card. Just pay me more when I put my card in there. They'd always say, can you turn? Can you turn the machines up? And uh, what I learned working with the uh, working with the slot testers and working with with the the regulatory there is that they all can be turned up and down, but it's for everybody, yeah. right? Now, no, you, it's it will. You can actually go you know, now at their machine level. Um, yeah, I meant for can, everybody yeah. that plays the machine. It doesn't yeah, know so they, you. They, you know, if they did that, they would have to you know go through all the floor for that theme for that specific denomination, and they, they could turn them up or, in the most cases, tighten them down. Right. Um, um, so, as you've so first of all, is that something that that the technician is usually responsible for, or does it depend um, on the casino? Generally, yeah. Usually, the technician is the one who's operating the machine. So you, Somebody, so technically, yes, you can turn the machine yeah. up. As long as I had a memo <laughs> and you had, you know, compliance with you to unlock the door, get through the software that you needed, because everything's, you know, checks and balances. So, you know, you couldn't just go in there and say, oh, oh hey, I'm, you know, this one's going to be 100% payout today. And so they're normally, and most of the casinos they go to, they generally keep it at like a, um, a 12% hold which is, you know, they're like 88% payback. And that's, now, that's not going to be for 88%, you know, the time that you're playing. That's 88% for the machine's lifetime. Right. That's something that I don't think people really understand when they say this machine, these machines don't pay out, these machines don't pay out. Actually, by law, they have to pay out yep. like a minimum percentage. And what you just said was 88%. And I remember being in the industry, it was usually between 89 and 90. Yep. So it's right around that same amount. Uh, now, Casinos are are allowed to to change those things, right? Oh, yeah. um, how greedy can they get? I mean, can they keep fifty percent? Like, do they turn them up on gas stations because they don't get a whole lot of return on investment? No, they if they did that, people would notice. Um, there's actually there's actually a funny story. 
you know, someone involving my company. But there was a um, Russia before they banned their casinos. They had a uh, there was a casino out there that wanted to do the deal. Basically, what you said was to you know tighten the screws down really tight, but they didn't want anybody in regulations to find out. So they hired a guy, a software engineer, to come in, gave him access to all these machines, and told him, "Could you rewrite the software and make it look like?" They're not paying, you know, make it look like they're paying out, but mm-hmm. they're actually not. Was that engineer named William McKissick? No. Um, Are you working for the Russians? No. Wilhelm. I do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but this guy, when they, when Russia, Russia banned um, casinos, so they shut down all their casinos in Russia. Oh. So this guy, with his knowledge, went and bought slot machines, and you know, and his, you know, he basically, he learned the algorithms. And he learned when jackpots were going to be hitting on these machines. Oh it's, yes, you know, he he learned what the number, the number generator is, and he actually hired people to go to you know to go to slot machines, and they'd be on the cell phone, and he would tell them when to hit the button. I I read this article. Um, these are the game. Were they the Game King terminals? Uh, game. Yeah, there's some Game Kings. Um, some of my. Um, some of my games that we call them, they're the Mav 500s. Yeah, and what, what they did is, like you said, they were able to predict the output yeah. of these machines, and they would have a live, like a FaceTime with people yep. sitting in casinos that had the exact same model machine, and they'd say, if you hit the button right now, you're going to hit the jackpot. Yep. Yeah. And um, now that's, so, so cheating in casinos is a weird thing, right? Yeah. Because some casinos perceive the cheating as frowned upon and they kick you out but some of the more recent laws like especially like the cyber laws actually can can put people can put criminal charges against people for doing this correct Mm -hmm. so this is a weird thing because when you reverse engineer code like that code that's supposed to be locked down um, and you do it to get money out of the system they want to hold those people accountable just like the guy that hacked an ATM machine and yeah. stole money, right? They don't want to say, no, you were, you were able to beat your odds. They're saying, no, you actually you actually exploited a bug in the system and you were able to take money out of it. That's yeah. That's that's cyber. That's a cyber crime. Yeah, and this guy actually went to my company and uh, basically says, you pay me, you know, pay me like $2 million or something like that and mm-hmm. I'll stop. I will, show you the, I will show you the exploit and I will stop doing that. My company basically said no because it was on our, our older machines that were end of life anyways. Sure. Um, so we've basically been giving incentives to the casinos that still hold on to these old machines because they're paid for. Yeah. They're still making money but they, we, we want to try to get them off the, off the market because we're not going to be supporting these machines anymore. You know, so like you're kind of on your own if you know someone comes in and does it does now, rob you blind. Now, this guy wants $2 million just to stop exploiting these machines, or at least to share with you guys. Yeah. Now, one of the problems with this that I, that I read from the article is, like you said, they're out there. They're paid for. Mm-hmm. The casinos don't have any interest in, in flashing new firmware or new software onto these things, right? Isn't that part of the problem is that it's like that old Windows XP machine yeah. that doesn't receive updates, but it, it doesn't even make sense to spend the time to put updates on it, right? Not that these things are running Windows XP, but it's the same it's the same general scenario where where it's it's difficult to put the updates onto the machine it there's no return on investment um so uh when it when it comes to the two million dollars versus the amount of money that the casinos and in this case one of the slot manufacturers is spending Mm -hmm. um 
two million dollars that to me seems like a it seems like a small amount of money yeah for the amount of uh really the the, the amount of damage you're avoiding right because you're avoiding the loss yeah, but is but it the fact that you don't want to enable the criminal? I mean, is that the pretty much? I mean, it, it was an ethical no, like, problem. It was no guarantee that this guy was going to stop doing what he was doing, anyways. And then how many more pop up after him? Yeah, <clears throat> you know what I mean. Like once you pay one off, it's like uh, that might become like a precedent, and you open yourself up. It, it would look really, really, really bad for that's a what, company that's, to do that's that. That's what a bench vice is for. It a does. What? That's what a bench vice is for. Bench vice? Oh, yeah. yeah. It does. Look, what you, look what you made me do, you dumb piece of you, you made me pop up for a month. I can't but, remember what but, guy's But really, was. I mean, how different is this from a security research firm in the United States, right? Yeah. What they do is they find these zero-day exploits with things. They keep them secret. And they try partnering with the companies that really can do damage control or avoid damage, really, yeah. by finding out in advance. What's the difference between these two? The only difference is that this guy happens to live in a country where gambling was outlawed. And now he has access to all of these machines that are really worthless in his country. Yeah. And he's saying, well, they aren't worthless. These are actually devices that I can either use to exploit and take money or I can use to exploit and then sell those exploits to, to companies that can benefit from it. I mean... Is it really the fact that he's wearing the black hat as a hacker instead of the white hat as a hacker? Because yeah. he's really doing slot security. Well, yeah, but he's not. So these white hat hack hackers have a business, have contracts. Um, they explain the situation and they come in as business people. They don't come as like threats. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not some exploit. Like I will continue to do this. If you don't give me this money, none of those white hack, hat hackers are like. Oh. But they do though. Do, really, they, they, they say do. like we're going to rob you blind well, if you don't. They don't pay rob us. you. They don't rob you. They don't actually break the law. Yeah. But what they do is, is that they eventually release. Mm -hmm. So th this this has happened several times with Apple and with Microsoft. Um, Intel was probably the biggest one, and I think we even talked about it during one of our podcasts. But. Uh, one of the res one of the security firms was like, "Listen, Intel, you, your processors have have a bug where you can read memory that's supposed to be yeah. protected, right? Um, it's called uh, uh, Spectra. Uh, Spectre. 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 Yeah, Spectre. yeah, Spectre virus, whatever it was. Or Spectre. Yeah. So the, the the security research firms are like, there's there's a big problem with your processor, and and in in they gave them like nine months. Yeah. They're like in nine months, we're going to. Uh, we're going to release this information to the public. And a couple of crazy things there. Number one, who knows the security firm well enough to get that information in advance? Does the NSA know that? If they do, can they use that to exploit information out of, uh, out of a system? Right, so that's there's a scary like espionage thing that happens with the security teams. Can they sell the early access to that information uh, to, to a government? Or to another private firm. Um, the other thing that's interesting about that is you have uh, really Intel was at fault. It was it was a problem with the actual processor, but you know who ended up paying the price for it? All of the operating system vendors, mm -hmm. because Microsoft had to issue a, a really it, it, you could consider it a slowdown patch. They had to cripple their operating system, right, Gunner? Yep. They had to cripple their operating system to prevent this memory spying that that could happen yeah. so so and i know i'm getting off on it on like a tangent with 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 uh with specter but i guess my point is wade is that yeah they don't just take money out of the bank 
like these like these these guys that were hacking these uh, these IGT terminals. But what they do is they have the ability to at least bully them uh, into uh, providing a patch. Yeah. And, and what we don't know is who they're selling that information to before they re- make that information public. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, a lot of technology you know, firms, same way. There's a lot of them actually work with the, you know, if someone comes to them and said, hey, we found this exploit, they'll actually work with them. But then there's like the bigger corporations like the Intel's like, or, you know, that'll just kind of ignore and say, yeah, they just shrug yeah, it. okay, whatever. That's yeah, been around for eight years. Nobody's yeah. exploited but it yet. They, they knew about it basically is, is basically what happened. But they weren't going to, you know, they were making money, so why would they bother, you know, telling anybody? And actually, yeah, even even to that ex- that effect, uh, Spectre had what ended up becoming of Spectre had been a topic of discussion since the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Since actually, ever since the Pentium, uh, you know, since the Pentium two came, the Pentium Pro and the Pentium two came out, because it's 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 intrinsic to that speculative right execution mm-hmm. engine. Now that was one um, attack. Was the the Russian slot guys that were buying them, finding the bugs, and then trying to uh, get the payouts? I read another interesting story, and I don't know if you read it too. And it was it was a group. It was two um, addicted gamblers that did something very similar. Yeah, I mean, people find exploits all the time in these things. I mean. This one, they spent twenty thousand dollars trying to find it of their own money because they didn't have one. Yeah, they didn't have one in slots. How much do they do they generally cost? By the way, slot machine is about twenty grand. About twenty grand a piece. Yeah. See, that's why when I hear two million, I'm like, well, that's ten. Yeah, or is my math off? No, it's that's off. more than ten. That's a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but still, I mean, a hundred, a hundred machines, two million dollars. Well, that to a, a casino that's making. Generally, over a million a day. It's just it's completely a posturing thing. It's completely a principal well, thing. But even that, it's never mind the cost of the actual machine itself. It it part you know it's it gets into that whole perceived power is achieved power. Like if you literally had you know, like you know uh, another one of our X vices, um, Magic the Gathering here. They have they had a massive problem with that as well because the whole thing is based on this idea of like randomness and arbitrary collective collectability. But they got so bad you could map the boxes out so you know you'd know what cards were in what packs. Oh, you're talking about hacking the uh, hacking the cards. Well, no, yeah, but but but, but the idea is that effectively the the, val- the, the the perceived value of whatever craters because if it's a, basically a scratch off lottery ticket and you can always tell which ones you you know or you you you, you go to the point of it's not it, you know it's it's not random chance you you pick up the the winning lottery ticket. Then, you know, I mean, like that, that has a significant that has a significant impact on the the reseller, but it's also like what you know, it's not gambling at that point. You know, like the house advantage disappears if I can actually basically say this is not worth my. You know, like here I put into, you know, like the reason that they have such low transaction volumes is because you're going to keep putting coins in, and if I know immediately that I'm on a bad streak, I'm not gonna. The house advantage does disappear, but it's also a small fraction. Like Will was saying, it's it's a small fraction of the older machines on the floor. You know, one thing I just I just remembered about that article is 
those guys, they actually started creating shirts with mesh pockets on them. Mm. You remember that part of the article? So the way they were doing this this exploit is, like I said, there was a guy, he didn't really know the code, but he knew the outcome. And he knew that certain patterns were a time to gamble, and he could tell them exactly when to hit the button. However, what happened was the surveillance departments of these casinos started watching for people with cell phones pointed at the screen. And when they saw people with cell phones cell phones pointed at the screen, they would ask them to leave or they would start an investigation, whichever. So what they did was they, they actually made shirts with mesh pockets and they started sliding the cell phones into the mesh pockets so that they could FaceTime without holding it and the surveillance could not tell that they had a cell phone in their pocket. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. But these other guys, the other uh, two guys, um, what they found out was they found out that a machine was paying a jackpot on a max bet when they were making a min bet. Mm-hmm. This was an interesting one. And the guy watched it happen. He knew it happened. He told the attendant that it happened. And the attendant just didn't believe him because the attendants are getting these strange stories all day. Oh, my gosh, I should have been paid and I didn't get paid. <clears throat> so what the, the guy's like, I know that there's a bug with this system. I know there's a bug with this game. And it was like a, it was like a, uh, like a poker game. And he's like, I know there's a bug with it. Well, it turns out that if you go into the game leave the game and go back into the game and if you change your if you change your bet from max down to min and if you pull your in this case it was like um uh the cash out button mm-hmm. if you hit the cash out button when the jackpot hits it shows you the min bet jackpot but it actually deposits the max it, the, something in the code of the machine like was caching that old uh, I guess cash is probably a bad word to use when you're talking about cashing out, but it would actually like hold on to that old max bet. It would pay you on the max bet, and you would end up hitting. You could hit like a like a sixteen thousand dollar jackpot when you should have won two hundred bucks. Yeah. And there was guys exploiting that, but they like it was like I think one or two years they spent. Yeah. And nice. that was one of those ones where they ended up getting tried for cyber crime. Because they were accused of reverse engineering this machine. That's one where I think it's a gray area. You know, I mean, you got some guy that's running a slot machine ring out of Russia. Pretty clear yeah. that he's hacking the machine. But these guys just happened to find out that the machine pays mm-hmm. out the wrong amount. Yeah. Um, they still had to get the royal flush, right? Yeah. They still, had, you know, they still had to get, you know, the certain parameters. And we actually upgrade software... You know, somewhat frequently, or they go, you know, software gets revoked by the, um, there's multiple like, governing bodies that actually have to verify these softwares. We actually send them whole machines and they'll go through the code line by line and they'll test everything before it actually gets out to a casino. But, you know, they're human, they miss things, things too. So, and when the revocation comes out, yeah, what's forcing people to take them off the floor? Uh, basically, if that software is on the floor, they cannot, they cannot, um, you can't legally have that software on the floor. Okay. If it's been revoked by the GLI or there's you know other you know governing bodies. So so there's ways now. Do they care about the older machines? Is it really the? Yeah, they still care about the older machines, um, but if it's end of life, you know they're not going to update the software. 
And is GLI a standardization body or are they a governing body? Like, do they have the power? It's really the state regulation that they usually actually, has the well, power, right? Actually, the state goes through GLI. Like, you know, they get the, you know, GLI sends them, you know, basically they, they're the ones that test these, this software um, and they'll send it out to this, you know, they'll send, you know, the states and, um, but there's actually like Shaw values and stuff like that that they can look at, at the machines to verify that that software hasn't been tampered with. Right. Um, the same. We have um, wide area progressives, um, so like a million dollar jackpot. You know, they're connected to multiple casinos throughout the country. Mm-hmm. So if, when someone wins that, and I have to go do a verify a jackpot, I actually have to verify that the software has been tampered with by looking at that that Shaw value and you know verify it with Vegas. Um, Is there ever a chance where two people can hit it because of latency? Um, be a very slim chance because it's not a it's not a jackpot that really is going to get hit that often. Okay. Um, like we do have we do have one theme that is a uh, is should hit within twenty four to forty eight hours. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just a small. It's supposed to get up like fifty grand and then pay out. Mm-hmm. Um, that could probably be. But you know, you probably hit it, and then you probably only get because it resets at like twenty five grand. So someone might actually hit the you know the fifty grand or whatever, and then someone right immediately after hit the twenty five. Oh, okay, before. okay. So it's always going to be one person going to be actually hitting that, hitting the jackpot. What's the biggest jackpot you've had ever had to verify on a machine? Mm-hmm. Um, biggest one I've ever had to was uh, like uh, one point nine million. Um, 1.9 million. Yeah, and he was back. actually in, he was actually a Canadian citizen, so he actually he dealt. It was like oh no, whatever exchange rate that was, but um, but basically with the large jackpots, I'm supposed to like you know even if I got called right now, if I was on call, I would basically have to just drop everything I'm doing and head out to the casino and, and go verify that. Especially like the ones. The What's one the threshold for that? Where you have to just go and be there. Um. They want you to get there with at least twenty four hours. No, I mean, what's the jack? What's the oh, um, what's um, the jackpot threshold? Like, is it is it two hundred thousand? Is it a million? Uh, for that, you know, that machine, uh, for like those machines, they usually reset at like, I think ours reset at either uh, two hundred fifty thousand or five hundred thousand, and then there's the smaller ones that are you know the twenty five thousand. Those we don't have to. Those the casino will actually pay out, and we'll just go verify afterwards. But the larger jackpots. Um, those we actually have to go immediately, you know, pretty much immediately and pay out because we're the ones that are actually writing the check, and or, or my company's the one writing the check to this to the customer. So I just have to verify your company. So wait a second. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying with some of these, oh, because it's a wide area. Because it's a wide area. It has yeah. nothing to do with the yep. casino. You guys are the bank at that yep. point. Wow. That's a crazy concept. So the slot manufacturer is the actual bank. Yep. That's a weird thing. Well, I mean, they're yeah, they're the ones paying out the you know. The, but they're also the ones taking money, right? That becomes. Yeah. Do, is it a? Is it is it a profit? Oh yeah, the these wide the wide area games are really our most profitable section, just because there's a higher fee on them. Plus, well, we they're take, profitable to the person leasing it to you, right? It's like yeah, a gas I mean, pump with more features. But you guys have to pay back every penny that you get in in the progressive, right? Yeah. You guys aren't allowed to keep any of that money. No. So you're really you're selling the feature. Yeah, but you're um, but, but we are also just, like for those machines, it's a higher premium. Plus, they're getting a percentage of the of the winnings of the machine. Um, so that's why we you know we pay out the fund. You know, like a normal a normal lease machine, it's a daily fee. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
depending on you know how popular the machine is, like sixty-five, eighty-five dollars a day for that machine. Okay. Whereas these the wide area machines you're looking at about one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty dollars a day plus revenue. Now, is the wide area progressive? That's got to be something that not all regulation is is will approve, right? No, because because that's a jackpot outside of their control. Yeah, the New York State, uh, the New York State casinos, um, not the tribals. They actually don't have the wide areas because they okay. don't. Want, they can't be connected to the tribals. Oh, so they can't have they can't have a wide area. They could as long as they weren't connected to a system that actually had the tribals on it as well. And why? It's just something that, that they're they just they just in their regulations. There's a bunch of Indian hating regulatory guys. I'm Pretty just kidding. Much. I take it back. <laughs> but no, I mean, why would they not want to talk to the tribal casinos? Is there some separation there that they've just honored over the yeah, years? Something, yeah, something that they just they just put in. But so, on the flip side is the tribals. Um, so if they can, you know, so if there's a game out there that can be a wide area, they have, you know, if they want that game, they have to get the wide area and they have to pay the fees. They can't get just just get a standalone game, you know, with that theme. They have to get the wide area. So then you know they have to pay the fees. That's something in their regulations that they made with New York State as well. Okay. Um, so like for instance, Turning Stone down the road doesn't have any of our wide area themes in there, so they can't get a lot of our themes because they don't want to. They can they can do it. They just don't want to pay the money. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Man, that's interesting. So, I mean, there's but there's got to be somebody in an aristocrat that's doing a balance sheet yeah. every day or every week or every month because that's cash that you guys are holding that that aristocrat's holding on to. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's if if all of a sudden their their computer system were were to die, they have they have cash that belongs to somebody. Right. They ha- it's it's a progressive and and it's really it belongs somewhere. It has to be accounted for. They yep. can't just keep that money. No. But it's real, actual money because it can be paid. Mm-hmm. That's that's strange. Um, I did a little bit of work with the progressives, um, with the progressives, and how they hold on to that money. And it's a very strictly regulated oh, yeah. uh, uh, industry. So to know that the slot machine manufacturer is actually holding their own progressive, that is a weird thing. But yeah, if you're writing a check, so do you, do you actually go and write the check yourself? Not me personally. I have a big novelty check. That I'll write out if they want to take nice. promotional photos. You have a novelty check. Yes. Is it dry erase? Yes. Yes. Dry erase nice. novelty check. Oh, man. That's so funny. It has to be, right? Because yeah. how many damn novelty checks are your poor tech's going to drive around with? Yeah. How big is that thing? And does it fold up? No. It is, you know, it's a big, yeah, it's probably about three foot long, <laughs> about a foot and a half, you know, wide. It's a large check. Is, is it a glitter dry erase pen? No. It's just a black dry erase. I've actually never used it. You've never used the I've novelty never used check. It, most of the time, you, you get to you know you have to ask the person you know do you want you know promotional mm-hmm. photos yada 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 you want to check most of the time they're like no we don't care yeah Sorry. I see them on the billboards and they're yeah. never happy looking no I mean a lot of, a lot of like, like I was at Gene uh, Smith won thirty four thousand dollars and she's like my car got repossessed two weeks ago asshole yeah like yeah I was at uh, I was over at the Turning Stone uh, last week. Uh, near one of those bill, you know, electronic billboards, is watching it. Yeah, most of the most of the winners look like they're mugshot photos. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah they're it's, probably the regular yeah. like, customers I, there. I I don't know a lot of people who win a big chunk of money who are actually like super happy. Maybe yeah. it's just because you have to be kind of committed. You have to be committed in a certain it's, lifestyle. It's to only ninety percent of what they spent. Yeah. And when I well, when I worked I, in the cage, 
uh, like if someone came out with a you know with a big winning, we were not allowed to say you know congratulations. Oh, because, really? Yeah, because we didn't know you know we didn't know you know it was you know we could, but they could be you know their baby could be starving at home. Yeah, or you know they could just be you know miserable like oh I just want a jackpot, but I put it you know I already put in like ten thousand dollars you know today or some shit like that. You know, it was, it's it's also like Someone's casino mentality. You couldn't say good luck mo- to a guest or something like that because that would be that's unlucky. Mm-hmm. Most so. guests wouldn't want a fifty dollar bill because that was unlucky. Someone's got a case of the Mondays. Yeah. So, but you you did have to deliver the check. How did the check get written or printed? Um, for the what basically the um, the the winner has a you know, an option similar to the lottery. They can either get a lump sum. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be you know a smaller lump sum, or they can get you know a overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you know they choose one or the other, and then you know the the company will send them send them the check later. Okay, the so you go they there to validate yeah. everything, but they don't actually receive a check that day. No, unless no, can, they want they a roll. picture do, with a fake check. I think they do like electronic transactions, so they okay. get their bank account information, and they'll just wire them the money basically. Sure, that's crazy though that it's like. You think like you, you're going to the casino to like okay I'm gonna gamble some money maybe I can win this jackpot right no one is I mean you're a loser if you think you're going there you're gonna actually win a jackpot if you believe that you're not a loser but you're delusional, um, <clears throat> but it's still like it's exactly like the lottery it's like you the jackpot says one point nine million but you ain't getting one point nine million no. like yeah how weird is it though like you could go to you go to any casino as long as the tech is there. You can just break into his car and take the novelty check, and you can just take, start taking pictures with a novelty check. Just write whatever you want in there, like seven cents. Dude, how? <laughs> this is actually a really. Will do you have that? Do you have He's, the novelty His company check would you? not allow that. No, probably not. We would have to like white out the the company name yeah. because Imagine? it's got his. Company, I would love to see the social experiment though. How many people would come out of the woodwork to, to talk to you and congratulate oh, yeah. you? You put like a hundred million dollar winner or something like that, mm-hmm. like some crazy. Yeah, they amount. would be so upset you when they weren't a winner. Thousand dollars. But wait, if somebody showed up to your door with that check, you would be so disappointed when it was like seven cents. Yeah. Because yes, we no, could pay them seven cents. I mean, like, uh, well, we could, yeah, we could hit up a couple of houses for seven cents. But what I wanted to see is like just how many people would want the picture. Post the picture of like any one of us, any any of the four of us, like, and just like put you know some blurb. Can't believe I won this life change hashtag life change and just see <laughs> oh, how. I see what you're yeah. Watch the <laughs> see what relatives come out of the. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. long lost relatives. Like I'm your sixth cousin. And like the what's even better. He's like all these people contact you. All these people contact you. All these people contact you, and then just watch the watch it just burn and fall to the ground like the Hindenburg. Be like, this was actually a joke. Um, you know, just do it a little bit more subtle. Start taking yeah. selfies and then blurred in the background is the check. Yeah, just the check is in the background of every photo, and eventually people start seeing it and they're like, he's got a nine million dollar uncashed novelty check in the background. That would be great. Yeah. Probably not great for your you career, it, Will. Bring but. it to a strip club. <laughs> bring the novelty check oh, to a strip club. I'm sorry for the strippers that are listening right now because um, you're smarter than that, but... We respect you. There may be some that aren't. We respect you. And if I go in with a novelty check with $9 million on it, what would happen? Yeah. 
It's all a hustle. Hey, like, baby, I got the money. See? Yeah. <laughs> See, I got this $9 million novelty check. Who's yeah. walking in here with a $9 million novelty check? Yeah. This guy. I'll be back for it. I just got to cash this check. Got money, got, got, got money for a giant fake check, but you don't got money for my, don't got my money. Where's my money? Where's my money? Got yeah, my it's money. a hustle. Don't apologize to the strippers. They're hustling. They're hustling people out their money. On a regular basis. Every so day they're if you got fooled by a nine million dollar novelty check, then but it could be a real. Well, yeah, I guess who would have one? Right. Yeah, who would actually be able to keep the novelty? You're the check? only human being, will that I it's, know. But it's something has nobody has a novelty, novelty check. check. But it, but it's also something that you wouldn't think of, right? Like Let's, when you see like uh, what was like a publisher's clearinghouse or whatever it was growing up, where pe- they would just show up to your door. There yeah. you go. It's a huge check. Have to have cameras inside the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think th- I don't. I mean, I, I never would have thought that the check was just a dry erase check that goes back and is used for the next house. I would be like, no, I'm going to keep that damn check. Yeah. You know, back then they might have. Dry erase wasn't that popular back then. Yeah. They might have actually had some guy with like a big plotter printing out checks that were the size of a couch. Probably. <laughs> I just think it would be so awesome. Right, Ed, what Ed, if we Ed made Mc- bathrobes? Ed McMahon is just beating someone's knees, getting them to, to, hand, to hand paint that check every year. <laughs> Do it. What if we <laughs> made bathrobes? <laughs> <laughs> no. What if we just started making stuff that was a novelty check, right? Like we just started a novelty check business. It's like I, your, it's your beach towels, a novelty check. So like, like some like planes flying low going over the beach they're like what the fuck it's a nine million dollar uncast yes. check just hanging out yes. on the beach yes <laughs> we, we we do that uh, i'm thinking we gotta we gotta we gotta get like a hut that we sell them from that we get them on like those like real estate signs so like the walls are built from novelty check panels dude we just yeah you know that yeah the real estate companies would want them they'd be like uh we've been selling a lot more houses when we swap out the actual realty company with a fake $9 million check. People just stop by. Yeah. We're selling our houses now. Yeah, it'll be a novelty check business. Get Actually, you know what? They're so big. Make a couch and actually print it on the backside of the couch is a novelty check and just watch people try to peel it off. It's part of the fabric. And it's one of those things you don't question because when do you ever see a novelty check in your normal life? Television wins something. Yeah. Somebody hits some crazy somebody, jackpot. Yeah, somebody wins something. Yeah. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. The only thing that would make it better if there, there was an actual exchange mechanism that it would go through that damn magnetic character ACH clearing machine. Oh, that would be so sick. You could, you could cash the giant navel. You could actually physically cash the not giant Yeah, I didn't even know about that for most of my career. But what Gunnar's talking about, I don't know if you know this, Wade, but yep. there is a special like metal deposit in the ink. Like it's called Micker or something Micker. like that? Yep. Micer Mag- magnetic image character recognition. Yeah, no, we verifies all the tender, like all the checks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we're gonna put that yeah. shit inside the towel. <laughs> it's gonna have micker ink. We're going in it. to get cancer oh, when they try out from the beach. Great. You can get an X-ray wrapped in the towel because it's got so much heavy yeah. metal in it. It's, it's good. To, it's good for your bones. <laughs> so that's the slot machine side of things. But yeah. you've also been working on. Um, so there was there was a, a period in your career where you where you were actually fixing arcade machines as well, right? Yeah, I started to work for All Seasons, which is now Servo Nation or something like that. They got bought out. Uh, yeah, but I went and worked for their their they slots were, they or their were, not their slots, but their arcade stuff. Mm-hmm. Can we sum that up? Is it that they were an ar- they were an arcade and vending machine company that couldn't make money? Yes, de- running vending machines. <laughs> Yeah. So, how many people when you first started with 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 them? How many people did they have employed, and how big 
were they were they a local business? Were they yeah, they regional? Were yeah, they were local. They were out of Canastota. Now, are they still local under their new name, or did they get purchased by a larger servicing company? I think so. I'm not really sure where Servo Nation is out of. But I've seen I've seen them in Syracuse, stuff like that. So they're a little bigger. Yeah, they still have their the office down in Canastota. Um, I forget the name of the road. Now, when you were it's when you were doing that, a lot of it was still mechanical, right? Uh, the, the, the there was some mechanical, like the redemption machines themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, those are you know mechanical, the claw games, um, the slot, the the vending machines themselves, of course, can be mechanical. Because um, what I'm seeing now is I'm seeing kind of this this wave in the arcades where the cell phone games yeah. are showing up in the arcades now, like. Um, you know, what's that one where you're running through tunnels and stuff and turning? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, jumping over stuff. I can't think of the name of it. I know Fruit right Ninja's now. a big one. Fruit, Fruit Ninja's Ninja. a perfect yeah. example, yeah. Yeah, it's, Doodle I'm, Jump, I've seen. Yeah. I'm amazed at, like, that, that huge shift in that market, too, because, like, it, like, there used to be so much effort that got sprung mm-hmm. into it, and now it's, like, why even bother? Because we've already, like, we've already, you know, like, the whole point of it is to get you to pop quarters in it. Yeah. And it's effectively the same mechanism that they're using on the the Skinner box mechanism that they're using on. And the quarters have kind of been removed anyways. because because they cost um, too much. Card. Yeah, cards. it's all cards yeah. now. Because yeah. it, uh, some of these games, like they're two dollars a play. Yeah, actually, one of the one of the managers who works down in uh, Resorts World in, in the Caskills, um, he came from Dave and Buster's, and they actually um, bought the rights to the. Um, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. So they built their own arcade game. Mm-hmm. He was telling me it was the most horrible thing he's ever had to work on because it is basically it runs off of an iPad. Oh, and that thing crashed. I think that game would crash constantly because it's oh. running off an iPad. You know, going, going to these mechanical robots that you're controlling. We talked about the Rock'em Sock'em full size Rock'em Sock'em robot yeah. arcade machine. I think two episodes ago. Yeah, um, we were talking. We were talking no, about last episode, right? Was it Legacy it's Toys? Legacy Toys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's interesting. So it's it's a buggy. It's run by a buggy iPad app. Yep. <coughs> yeah. I mean, when I was when I did the arcade stuff, they were like the games themselves were just starting to become like PCs. Um, but they used to they used to be on you know just basically you know boards with EPROMs and stuff like that. Every once in a while, there'd be you know CD-ROM if it was a more graphical intense game. Now, is that similar where they can rent or buy, or is the arcade industry usually buy? Because I go to some of these places locally, and they still got arcade machines around, and it looks like they bought them 30 years ago, and they've never had them surfaced. Like yeah. one of the one of the the restaurants locally has Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is a terrific game. Um, uh, it's the one where you just kind of run right and pick up the pizzas and fall yeah. in the holes and stuff. Pizza time. Yeah. yeah, and two of the four controls are broken. Like you can still pop quarters in, but you can you can move like in three out of the four directions, and you need you really need all four directions yeah. or else you get stuck. Um, depends. They probably bought that game. Like the company I used to work for, they would uh, basically lease it to. It was more. It was also revenue. You know, revenue share. Like it was usually the property got seventy percent, and you know the our company got thirty percent revenue. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah, but we were also the ones coming and taking the money out. Mm-hmm. So we, we put the locks on the doors. We come service the machines. Now, how does that compare to the slot industry? What what type of 
because you said that there there was a certain percentage with the slot industry t- yeah. too. Was that still like a seventy thirty, or is it is it all over the place? Uh, generally, like the at the white areas, that's about seventy thirty as well. Seventy thirty, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of like the going rate. Yeah. Um, but you know, on top of the 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 daily daily fee, you know, this flat fee. So even if that machine's out of service, there's you know, they're not making any money. The, the they still have to pay, but we're also expected to get out there and fix that machine once it goes down. Right, right. So I guess actually kind of kind of maybe a side thought too here. How much how much of it is, you know, like is you know like because we make we make fun of your, I, I make fun of your previous employer going out because they couldn't make it. To, but how much of it too is like, you know, you're saying that they're going to PCs and stuff like that, but like for the most part the the the, the the user serviceable components on the arcade machines are kind of going away, and the old ones too. It's like you have all this stuff where basically, you know, where you would have had to go through a vendor like All Seasons or something like that if you bought the machine yourself. I mean, like, you know, like I'm I'm listening to this restaurant, you know, like your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing, and it's like that would have that that involves all of like two minutes online. Yeah. Finding an arcade it, stick it and, is so, and, and it is pull. it pisses me off because it's been like this for years. Yeah, and actually most of them is it's they're not enclosed sticks like especially the older games. Mm-hmm. They're basically a stick with a little knob on the end of it that went and just whenever you hit hit that direction it just triggered a switch. Yeah, it just yeah, hits no, the switch. I mean, right. you, the switch you can, is probably just broken. You can you can buy. I'm mean, like you, you can know buy there, the switch, there yeah. there are like it, as a person who is building arcade sticks for a yeah, undisclosed yeah. But to your arcade. point, though, Gunner, who's going to open? Who's going to crack that thing open? You know, somebody's oh, got to pop. Somebody's got to pop the screw covers off. Somebody's got to take the side of the thing off and service it. As as a person, as a person who is watching a former franchise owner of Denny's stick a screwdriver into the, the the thermal regulator circuit on a coffee maker while it was still powered on, and listening to him curse four or five times in in a language that I do not actually. Uh, know which particular one because I didn't feel it was very pertinent or polite to ask him of his, 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 his ethnic, ethnic background but it's like if you if you can convince an owner actually I mean like I guess really if they're still popping quarters in it they get they got they gets what they gets what they got coming to them yeah. but it's you know generally uh, even if they're cheap bastards they like it when they make money so you know yeah but I think that there's there's like this people when they know that there is a computer behind something, they are terrified. Ah. People are terrified of computers, like they still are. Well, they're, ter- they're, they're terrified like, of people who work like, well, on I don't computers. know. I don't know yeah. computers that well. It's like it's a sw- it's like it's a switch. Yeah, it's like the switch you replaced on your house last week. Just get a new switch. Yeah. and hook up the two wires, and it's fixed. And they're like, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that much about computers. I feel like people are scared to touch stuff if there's a computer behind it. And I say that working in the IT industry. No, you're, you, you, because you, 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 people are just so scared. It's like your allegation is not like, without can merit. You help, can you help me can you help me set my computer up? And I'm like, oh plug all the plugs back in the same way that you took them out. You cannot get that video plug mm-hmm. and plug it into the wrong port. Yeah. You can't do it. And, and it just, will work when you plug it in. Yeah. It's is, not just the older generation. It's, it's also the newer generation. It's the newer so, generation, yeah. too. So I know what you're saying, Gunner, but, man, a coffee maker, people know inside that coffee maker is just a heating element. They're like, this. there's not, there well, is nothing that, complex about this coffee. 480 volt from the from the main, which, again, yeah. they, 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 what? 
Oh, because it's a commercial yeah. coffee? Yes. Maker? It was, like you said, he was fucking with it while it was still live, and it's just, you watch, you know, uh, you know, zip, blossom, miss you. But it's essentially a fucking iron, though. Yes, but we're, I mean, wa- we're, watching gotta... him, we're watching him just cry in anguish like that time you grabbed onto the power circuit and the tube radio, and it was just like, mother... <laughs> yep. In the comeback. The worst part is when the electricity takes over your muscle movement and you can't let go. Clamps down. Yeah, actually, My chest pretty, hurts so bad. Because I did bench repair at at the turning at turning stone. I was a technician there, and I actually put a hole in the ceiling of the tech shop. You put a hole through the ceiling because I um, accidentally touched the wire. I shouldn't. I was still holding. Well, actually, I was holding on to a power supply I just you know that it was just fixing mm-hmm. so it was out of its case so it was, I'm just holding on to the the, the board the, the bare you know PCP board and I my hand bridged the uh, the capacitor the fill capacitor you know I bridged the two you know the two leads and then you know it just zapped me and I just flung my hand up you know that thing just went flying into the ceiling you know it's just drywall in the ceiling so there was a small hole where that you know the wow. power supply went through, hit, and you know bounced back down. Oh, the power supply shot. Oh yeah, well I you know my because man you know, the muscle. Oh. So it was in my hand, and I just it just shot up. The power supply took temporary control of your body. Yeah. And and turned you into the Hulk. Pretty much, yeah. And you started smashing walls. Yeah. Yes, it, it's. I don't know. Have you ever actually? I mean, like you've had some misadventures. Have you ever actually shorted out a tube? No, like, like a picture tube? Oh, no, those are fun. No, I haven't. <laughs> I, yeah, those things are I, hard. I'm I'm a fake it I'm a fake it till you make it electronic repair guy. Um yeah. Like we had um my one of my good friends, he had a, an equalizer back when people had stereos. Now everything is all built into a little compact stereo and it sounds better than the shit I grew up with. But uh back then you would actually have to stack your stereos you'd have a receiver and you'd have a tuner and you'd have a tape player and one a of the things you'd throw in the mix be, most i think it was mostly because tapes suck right I, I, this like the kids now think that tapes tapes are retro and they're so cool and they'll get shirts with a retro tape on them. i'm like no that's the worst form of audio yeah it's half the quality it's stereo but it's half the quality of a cd unless it's and a digital compact cassette and then you the fuck's the a digital compact cassette. You, you missed out my friend what are you talking about so what the, the fuck is a digital compact in the, cassette? In, in, in the in the realm in the realm so much like cds were the digital replacement for the LP. Mm-hmm. There was an attempt before an attempt. every. That's no, what it was. No, 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 no. So, I'm Sony, sorry, keep Sony going. and Philips brought it out. Mm-hmm. But there was a much. So, like, Sony had the mini disc as their portable digital I format. wish that. I wish that format could. could well, you know, it's, it's it's Sony's problem, but Philips and everyone else came out with what they called digital compact cassette, which is a, basically it was a cassette. But instead of storing analog audio, it mm-hmm. was basically a fucking, uh, what do they call it, LTO, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But your audio was stored as data on this, digital data on this cassette. So you basically didn't have all the hiss and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it had all the error checking bits and everything mm-hmm. like that. I've never heard or seen one of these things. Well, Because it was only an attempt. So fail. No. Oh, Wade's got one. Oh, look at this fucking thing. Yeah, it looks just like a backup tape. From the computer industry, look at that fucking disgusting thing. Yeah. What I'm looking at, it looks almost like a like a regular cassette, except there's no holes that would like turn it because it's got a metal like sliding metal 
thing that covers the whole. And that's the problem with these things, right? I mean, you, it needs to, it, all of its data needs to be there because with digital, when you lose data, it's gone. With analog, you might still have a little kind of resemblance of what Michael Jackson's voice sounded like when you originally got the tape. But with digital, once you lose a chunk of that data, you can lose a lot of it. That's an interesting thing. That's disgusting. Um, thank you for sharing that gross well, picture it, you of know, and again, failed piece of well, technology. Well, no, because, it, you know, and again, it's, like, it's you know, not that, not that it's necessarily worth a lot of navel-gazing, but <coughs> it is interesting to see, like, the compromises that you have before you come to the correct solution, like how many people were fucking around with media players before Apple got the iPod, basically. Here are all the essential features that we need to make this successful, mm-hmm. even though there were, like, MP3 players way before... Yeah, they were good too. You know, like yeah, they were good, but none of them had that cool like wheel thing you could turn on the original iPad. Here's the player. But even the oh, look at this tape deck player. It looks like a CD player and an amp built into one, and the tape doesn't go in like like a like a classic tape deck. It doesn't go in like. Uh, what? It goes in like a CD. Yeah, it goes in like a CD. It like lays mm-hmm. down, and then you push the shelf it's in. It's like a VCR then. Yep. Kind of yeah. like a VCR, but with like a, no. with like a okay. CD-ROM tray that it sits into. Oh, that's cool. Um, so w- w- I guess my point was with this equalizer is back then, fucking shitty-ass quality on these, these tapes was like 22 kilohertz or whatever, like half that of a CD. And everybody had these these equalizers, a graphic equalizer. I don't know why they called it graphic. Why did they call it graphic? Graphic equalizer. What was uh, the graph? <clears throat> did they have like the bars that jumped up and down? I um, I, I think that actually <clears throat> might be part of it. As as I talk completely out of my ass, but um, I think it's because each knob worked from like a Bezier curve on a graph. That's my guess. Is that it actually came down to the width of each band? But anyway, um, wherever the name comes from, please, uh, please send us an email and tell us tell us what graphic means, um, because we're all going to be too lazy to Google it after mm-hmm. this. Uh, so what happened is we had this graphic equalizer and it lit up, but when you put audio through it, it just went like you couldn't hear the music. Like it was just like a a strange muffled resemblance of the music, uh, and. So it actually delivered. It unintentionally sounded like it unintentionally sounded like the start of a Daft Punk song. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Like pops and crackles and stuff like that. And uh, what um, we 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 couldn't find any bad parts by looking at the the main board of this equalizer. So what we ended up doing, um, actually, my my good friend uh, Ryan Guinea did it. Um, hopefully, we'll have him on the podcast uh, soon. Well, he did about his Death Kia. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Well, so what he did is he just got a screwdriver while it was powered on and just started running it over the board. It started sparking. That that and like too. a stream of smoke came out. Well, what 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 he did when he did Magic that is smoke. he must have discharged one of the capacitors, and the thing has worked perfect ever since. Yeah, yeah. Will's kind of looking at no me in sense, confusion. Okay. Yeah, it didn't make sense to us either. But that equalizer worked for years and years and years, and we he didn't have to do that again. Like mm. whatever, it, it blew our mind. That him shorting out random parts of the motherboard actually well, corrected whatever was unless, wrong unless inside the sequel. Unless there was an actual like, un, like you know, if there was a something funk, if there was something funky with a cap where it yeah. wasn't actually. And more likely, there was corrosion on the board, and he just happened to. He just happened ice, to heat up a part of it enough to yeah. resolder it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I don't know how we got off on that tangent, but um, oh, you're talking about. Um, um, 
bench repair and yeah, yeah bench repair yeah so yeah like how's how's that how's that gonna work out because like we we got we got like this weird dichotomy of things where the shitty the shittiest parts or I say like the the you, the things that you consider the least footprint, it's more practical to repair them than to replace them. And now we're like at the same time we're like we have ser- we basically have servers and data centers where we're, we're like they're doing it. Well, when the box fail, when we're, we're just gonna like brick up a data center when one once the enough computers inside of it fail, like mm-hmm. we have. You have the back ends that basically are being treated as disposable, and the front ends are like, oh well, these are the ones that we're actually gonna. Yeah, who's spend it? The Microsoft time on that's spearheading that. What you're talking about? Yeah. Where they actually they're putting data centers like in the ocean. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's it's too expensive to get a guy down there to fix it. When when the server dies, we just we just decommission that one server, and the rest of them keep chugging along. Like it's it's eventually going to. It's eventually going to fail, but we don't really want to be in the scuba diving business. We're going to drop it in the ocean. We're going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that from a from a cost perspective, but it is strange to know that the world's supercomputers are sitting under the ocean, and they have one bad 17-cent part that's gone bad well, on them, but there's nobody willing to swim what, 200 feet what happens <laughs> into when, the water. What happens it. when the ais finally come and like they're you know you basically have all these like ghost servers sitting in the bottom of the ocean they just send a drone down there and fix it and they're you know like the only way that we know that they're doing anything is like the power draw starts spiking the other thing is is they're in a a lot of these are in a tax exempt zone right yeah like they figured out they're like hey if we put our assets in the ocean it's not a crime if it's off the continental (laughs) shelf We're gonna put all of our servers in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, it. I can't. I can't be extradited if I'm in a place that doesn't exist. Arcades suck now. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not going to the good ones. We just have to. We just have to like sneak into Japan so we can play all those Gundam and Konami pod games. Yes, that is true. It's still awesome in Japan. The table flip. The table flip game. You know what pisses me off about arcade um, arcades is. They have found ways to legalize gambling for children. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean like actual gambling. My son was willing to spend every dollar he had for a $20 iTunes gift card. Yeah. How the fuck can they do that in a claw yeah. machine? How can they put a fucking iTunes gift card? That is gambling, right? Yeah. The I best mean, part that's is it's not actual. Regulated. Yeah. It's yeah. not regulated? No. I mean, you can. There is actually, like, having worked in there, there is actual settings on a game. Whether you know to make it win, you know, win more often, you know, or how many? There's actually programming, and the game, has, you know, you can program the games like, oh, every twentieth play, this thing has to, you know, will win. Yeah, those claws are the worst. Yeah, claws can, like you, that thing will pick up a bowling ball if you have it, if because it's just an electromagnet. That thing will pick up a bowling ball if you have it set high enough, or yeah, or it's this like thing can barely pick up a, a thumbtack. Yeah, it's like. It's like as soon as it's picked it up, it's already let go of it. Yeah, because it can't. Yeah, you know, it can only. It only has enough strength to close the claw. It doesn't have enough to actually grip anything with it. Basically. Yeah. So like, like, the only chance of getting something is if you accidentally get like the ribbon on a fucking stuffed animal caught around mm. the fucking claw. Like there is no, <clears throat> or you have to just be a professional yeah. claw operator. 
you're like, well, I know it's going to grip this much, and that stuffed animal is big enough. Actually, the Tully's, the Tully's actually, the one on the Air Boulevard, they actually had it, so they was set, so that thing would win constantly. They just uh-huh. want people to win. Uh-huh. Because, you know, they only, you know, they paid, you know, 25 cents for a stuffed animal. Yeah. You're putting a dollar in every mm-hmm. play. I get it. So they're already making, you know, 75 cents a, you know. We, we you hear a, that, everybody, in the Syracuse yes. area? Yeah. Use the claw machine at Tully's. We you a, we will a, win at a claw machine. Yeah, we, we got to upgrade to the uh, we got to upgrade to the Joe Rogan video setup here at some point because there, there's a uh, the, you got to I don't know if you've ever seen the big the big brother of the claw machine, but there's a there's a demolition piece of equipment that works on basically the same principle, mm-hmm. and it is effectively just this hand mm-hmm. that comes down and it's awesome because they use them in like scrapyards and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and. You 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 ever watch it like does like, it drop you, a car every once in a while? Uh, well, every once in a while because but, but it's 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 crazy because it's like you know you ever watch like backhoe guys like just you know like you get you get somebody who's really good at it mm-hmm. and basically the, a backhoe or, or an excavator is the only piece of equipment that you need because you're watching it and the guy can like level and he can climb he can do all this stuff and you watch this thing and it's like the fucking master hand from Smash Brothers just coming down because it'll like. It'll peel the roof off off the car. Like he'll, he'll he'll like grab it. It's it's just that. Does it have fingernails? And he paints the fingernails with another hand. Well, he, I mean, like if you if you hit one around a big enough brush, I how big? Yeah, how big would the brush be? Well, I mean, like it it can, it can palm a car. So I mean, like you know, that to give you an idea of the size of the the, the scope of this this contraption. You imagine like so the robot hand paints its own fingernails, and then it's like, well, I'm just gonna paint the car. The, <laughs> the brush is big enough. Who wants a new? paint job I mean, it wouldn't be a very clean paint job well you know but it it, 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 it it again it's just smash but yes it's it's it is the closest thing you are going to see to the master hand in real life and it is just it, it is impressive if you see somebody who has any skill at operating it because it's it's like this it, it is it's watching a giant come and like do the like looney tunes thing where like he rolls a cigarette or something like that it's just the dexterity on something that ha- has no that is just a claw machine it is fucking ridiculous. But the irony of that is that same backhoe operator couldn't get a fucking twenty five cent stuffed yes. animal out of the machine. <laughs> it's like I just I just put I just put I just put a car together with this thing and I can't get this fucking rabbit. No, just, you know what he does is he just he brings his his huge yes. claw machine. He actually <laughs> he just grabs, just grabs the, through the ceiling of the arcade and picks up the entire <laughs> claw machine mine now. and just brings it home. Yeah. Um, one thing that's weird is some of the claw machines now you you're just you're not actually getting a prize. You're getting a huge bundle of tickets. Yeah. You yeah, seen those? It's like, not. well, that bundle of tickets is a thousand tickets, which is still only like one sixteenth of the weight of the piece of shit scooter that they got in the shelf. Yeah. But like, that's a thousand tickets. I would have to play so many games to get that. It's not even the right shape to be picked up by a claw. It's like it's like a rectangular thing. It's yeah. just a bunch of tickets stacked up. Or they'll put it in like a round spool. Nobody's fucking picking those up. Like those things can barely grab a plush animal, a plush animal that's like the same size as the claw. Better yet, some rigid. Well, you've seen the. Uh, there's actually online claw machines to play in Japan. So you basically you're playing on your phone uh-huh. a claw machine that's in some warehouse in Japan. Uh-huh. You're controlling it remotely. And if it wins, they ship it to you. Yes. That's fucking awesome. Like you, to, you you know you pay a certain amount of credits. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they, 
but you can there's like a you know an online store you basically go through like okay I want that you know basically it's one item in the slot in the machine itself so you just go okay I want that item and then you just sit there and pay your, your bits or your your coins or whatever you want just trying to get that one item into the hole oh that's great and you can so you, many you applications can in, for you that. can wait in you know wait in line to get this toy you know so if someone moves it to the spot you know you can get in there behind them they you know run out of tokens basically the same as putting a quarter up onto the you know how raunchy does it get because you can put any item in there right yeah what's well, i know they they sell like the anime you know figurines and stuff like that so but it's i'm an, talking you know, it's raunchier a, oh, i'm talking like he's talking about dildos yeah, adult yeah. toys Drag, dragon well, i'm sure there's you know, some place out there that i'm talking like used underwear but that's like repackaged in a size that a claw can grab onto because i don't know i mean you could get like eight underwear at once if or you get none yeah, it's like oh, I just won eighteen pairs of of. I know this is. I know it's gross, but people, there's a market for it. Yeah, and man, you put it inside a claw machine, and now it's like a game. Yeah, I mean hell, they got vending machines in Japan that give out dirty underwear. Oh, they do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, good. So I'm not that far off. No, I've never so, seen them in the states. No, it's. But you can go online and buy women's, you know, you know, use underwears. Right. Uh, but yeah, these, these claw machines—they're online. You know, so you're basically, you know, it's got a webcam, and you've got the controls, and it's just most of these they're just the UFO claws, so it's just the two claws that come out to the sides. They don't actually have the, the three or four claw. Do they have any that give out vanity checks? No. That they would don't. be sick. Just tap in a new market. And then it's like, is it even worth anything? Yeah. No, you just got a vanity check, dude. It's worth nothing. Uh, you, but you can pose with it. Your obsession with vanity checks is going to be a downfall because now we have to figure out how to make a Tetris style. Game. I'm getting a vanity check tattooed on my back tonight. <laughs> I just feel for like your kids' generation, Trace. Like they're never going to know like like the proving ground that the arcade could be, or like the like you going with your friends and playing like. Tower of like Tower of Doom, like that's well, probably one of the no, greatest I mean, like Capcom hack and slashes, in my opinion. The thing so is, though, is they're still around, though. Yeah, like like right now, Pac Man and Gunner. I'm sorry to talk over you, oh. but Pac Man and Space Invaders are some of the largest, most expensive games you can play right now because they've made like these new like um, like frenzy versions of them where shit explodes and you got like subwoofers under your seat and they're shaking you. Yeah. It's four player, you know. Yeah, it's I think match Pac-Man. Yeah, I think it's actually better. The what I don't like is that they can't walk in with a roll of quarters mm-hmm. and walk out with an experience. It costs like like 40 bucks just to hang out there for an hour. And that's the part that bothers me is I think that the price is too high right now. <laughs> but I think the technology's there. They keep the retro games around. I mean, I keep going to arcades and I find I find like uh I find like the Tekken games, or I find like the Street Fighter games. That shit's still around. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, despite it being a massive degenerate dipshittery, occasionally, uh, you know, part of it too is that like the experience that we're talking about, you know, like it was really kind of a a a, th- a thing in time, you know. And it's you know, you have your enthusiast crowds like that, but you have you have to go somewhere that wants to specifically recreate that. Like you know, right. you have you have uh, Magfest. In DC, which is like the music and games festival, and basically they have they assemble the single largest arcade in the West for one weekend, and it's like it's it's everything. So you know, like they have they have multiple working machines of pretty much 
whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're so hard up for it, I mean, you can if if you got the time and the bandwidth, you can do the Mamrom thing. Like I ha- I have my I have my questionably legal Japanese arcade sitting in uh, Mame right now. You know, and I, mean, I used like, to use you, you know, but it, it's it's also it's not, it, there's something about it's a, there's a social. I mean, like there's there's the social aspect too, but it's like. You know, like you, you say that you, you kind of f- feel for Trace's kids, but I mean, like they have their own thing. I mean, like you know, how many like multiple well, they got, they got multiplayer more games on their phone. online experiences do they, they, got, they have available? Yeah, they got more games on their phone than than I had in my cabinet. I mean, yeah. which you know, you'd open up a drawer or you'd have a bookshelf and it would be filled with Nintendo or Atari games yeah. or Sega games. They have all of that inside a phone, and for them, it's just they just got to get a new phone because they ran out of space on the phone. We might have ran out of space on our bookshelf, but it's it, what's interesting is it's still the same copycat industry where the arcades, like Pole Position, was a big one, right? Pole Position sold really well on different platforms, so Pole Position was a was was one of the games people would go to the arcade for. People fell in love with the game at home. And then they went to the arcade to play it. Now, some of them you couldn't have at home. Like, the video pinballs sucked. Yeah. They fucking sucked. Like, the, the ball might as well have only moved in four directions. Like, it was so pixelated, and it didn't really, like, bounce off of things properly back then. So video pinball sucked. Real pinball, though, was awesome. But pinball machines are still at the arcades. Yeah, Those things are still going because you cannot simulate that ball. Like... like fucking Adam's family or whatever, right? Yeah. You can't simulate that ball with software because you don't know where it's going to land. Yeah, and it'll break shit too. Like you'll break a part of the fucking machine and then your ball's stuck in there and Yeah, they're actually getting better with the with the digital pinball machines. You know, like they? on the you know the I forget who it is, but you know, um the real pinball or something. But they're getting better with the ball physics and stuff like that, and they're actually copying the old, you know, eighties and 90, early nineties pinball machines into the, you know, into the digital library. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the last, you know, Penny Arcade Expos that I actually went to. Can you had, lift the machine and make the you ball can change? Tilt, you, you can, can tilt actually, you the can fucking have, machine. They actually have the gyroscope, you know, the phone or the the tablet. You can actually put the machine to a tilt state. Nice to get the ball to go where it wants. By the way, don't tilt it too much. The machine will shut you down. That's right. Yes. There was a little mercury switch in there. Uh, actually, it was just a. Um, it's actually just a a, uh, a weighted uh, a weighted rod. Oh. That actually, if it, if it came in, you know, it was like a weighted rod that went through a hole that was, uh-huh. you know, that it was if it, if it hit the you know hit the edge, it shorted out and it tripped the switch. Like operation. Oh. Yeah. And that's what would hit the the tilt switch. That's funny, and it's really just to preserve the machine, right? Because it's like it's like yeah. this three four hundred pound chunk of, of metal yeah. and glass, and you don't want somebody dropping it on the ground. It it really, it's not like you getting a higher score is really that big of a deal. No, they're, but they're, actually, they like the sorry to you know, interrupt, but the pinball. There's actually pinball competitions out there, and they got they will actually. They actually know how far they can actually tilt these machines <laughs> to get what they want. Dude, I was telling uh, Trace, uh, our buddy Tisdale, uh, who lives out in Rhode Island, they have that, like, uh, the shelter, I think it's called. It's like, it's, it's there's all those like, retro arcade games, and it's a bar. It's like for adults, uh-huh. God, people around our age. And uh, they have, like, pinball leagues yeah like they have like league night and stuff yeah because like yeah, people hip check them and stuff right because they want the ball to go a little yep. bit faster or a little bit harder because you, otherwise you're just limited by the spring 
like whatever recoil that spring has, but if you give it a little hip check, you know, it's like you're it's like you're humping the thing like at the same time that the ball hits. And yeah, you get like that little extra fit and then it can go up the spiral and make it to the other end of the pinball. Um yeah. I guess it was just such an experience like whenever you knew you were going to get the opportunity because we're from a pretty rural area relatively mm-hmm. speaking to like we're certainly not anywhere near an urban area and I wouldn't consider us even quite a suburb there are more farms around us than there are shopping centers like when you were going to the mall like the first question that I asked like Every and maybe time. it was just me because I'm a nerd and I'm huge into video games it was like can we go to the like am I, yeah. and it was always going to be like you're, I'm, I'm always going to the arcade if, if we're going to the mall like it was like where my mom just dropped me off it was like yep here you go one thing I don't remember existing when I was a kid was uh, basketball in the arcade so now every arcade's got like the little oh. mini basketballs. I think that's pretty normal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been around for larger arcades. Larger arcades had yeah. them. Um, those every arcade still got that mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So you can only really play that game in the arcade. You can't have that at home. I mean, you could try playing it on a cell phone, but it's not really the same, right? It's you have the physics that you have to deal with, and some of the balls are flat, and some of the balls are overinflated. I mean, yeah. it's just or you just have a basketball hoop. Well, you can, yeah, but it, the basketball hoop at home doesn't count how many baskets you have and then turn them into three-pointers when you got 10 seconds left. Wow. Um, it, skee-ball is one that is always going to be around. Skee-ball yeah. is just that one arcade game, another one you're not going to have at home, right? How many times do you get an opportunity to get a fucking wooden ball that could give you a concussion and throw it 30 miles an hour up a ramp and it hits a fucking jump? And you have no idea where it's going to go. And the only thing preventing it from giving somebody a concussion is a really shitty net at the top yeah. with a whole bunch of holes in it. And if you really tried, you could push the ball through it anyway. Like, like ski ball is something that's in every arcade. I don't even know how. It seems like it's a liability hazard. It must be that those balls just don't, the concussions aren't so bad. There hasn't been enough lawsuits that it's not really a liability hazard. But I mean, I watched my son clock somebody in the head with one of those balls. It's just, they're fucking heavy, They're cricket right? balls. I mean, like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're... It's like solid wood. Yes. You will fuck, you will fuck a gopher up with one of those things. So we'll take a group poll. Uh, will, off the top of your head, favorite arcade game all time. Like, childhood and present, I guess. But I assume, let's go back to childhood. It's probably going to be the the Simpsons arcade game. Ooh, oh, good one! Yeah, that was a really good one. Like I, every time I go to, you know, if I go to Pepe's, you know, because they have a guy been there, but half the time it's out of order. Yeah, like it's, it still has the old CRT. And like the last time I played it, it was you know it only had like the color green left on its you know in the in the gun. What character did you did you play as? Uh, mostly Bart. Yeah. Gunner, what about you? Oh, see, this is it's it's a toss up. It's either gonna be the Capcom X X Men game, ooh, with uh, Colossus, yes, Wolverine, which, which again, Dazzler, I, I, Dazzler, Colossus, Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, Nightcrawler was in it too, and yeah. Nightcrawler. Well, yeah, there was different variations of that cabinet. Are you talking about the fighting game or the the two D? The the two D scroller? scroller where it had the two monitors in it. Okay, yeah, so you have like eight players on the screen at once. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that what you know, yeah uh, again and it's also infamous because it's the only one that actually you were specifically banned from doing the power move on one of the characters because Colossus made that oh! yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah it's a toss up either between that or uh, time, any of the time crisis cabinets ah oh, time crisis fun yeah 
with the pedal. Yes. Like, kind of in and out of cover. That was one of the first ones to kind of do that that I remember. The in and out of cover kind of. Uh, or the sniper. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Or 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 the or the sniper elite game where I couldn't use the silent scope. For scope? Shit. Yeah. No, silent scope. Yeah. Sniper, silent scope. Yeah. Silent scope. I think it was. Silent scope because I couldn't use the sniper scope for shit. But if I free if I free armed it, I I, I had an eighty percent nutshot yeah. ratio. On <laughs> everybody in the game. Chase, what about you? Um, well, I definitely like Simpsons. I like the Simpsons and Turtles. I like them because to beat to, to play, you just needed to keep putting quarters in. Yeah, like it was easy enough for somebody that had no idea what they were doing to play, but you just had to keep putting uh, uh, quarters in. So I definitely like those games. Um, the, the reality of it is, I played most of these games at home. So I didn't spend a lot of time in the arcade playing these games. Um, I, there just wasn't an arcade that was close to me. Um, and when, when there was, I really didn't have the money to play. But uh, I was a Soul Calibur fan. Nice. I really liked the, the, the fighting style in Soul Calibur. I thought that it was way different than the button mashing ones. So I liked that. Um, so I'd probably say that, although you can't go wrong with the original Mario. I see the original Mario in an arcade, and I'm like, I want to fucking play that. I'm going to get to fucking level five, and a whole bunch of people Super are Super Mario Brothers or actually the actual Mario Brothers? Uh, yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Well, the one, the, the one for the, the, the original NES, yeah. that one. It's a Super, yeah, that's a Mario Brothers. Because the Mar- original Mario Brothers like the was like running on the pipes. Yeah, that. It was, that was almost like Joust, I would say, is clo- yeah. was maybe the closest thing to You're that. talking about Jumpman? Jumpman. No. Yeah. No, Mario was Brothers. Original, yeah, it was the original. Well, name Mario, because Mario started yeah. as Jumpman in the Donkey Kong series. Yeah. No, I'm, no, there was. Oh, the, you're talking about the the one with the pow. Yeah. Yes. You're the one with the pow. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I have actually never played that as the Mario title. Um, I've played it like there was a mini game you could do in in in, uh, in Mario Three, mm-hmm. where if you got yeah. if you tried if you tried if you're on like the same block as Luigi, you could like play him. And then take over his turn. You could take all the shit he's collected, like pound it out of him, and then you, yeah. No, I, that, no, you're right. Maybe I did have that. I think I had that on the Atari. Was that on the Atari? No. What platform no, was that NES. on? NES, yeah. You're saying the original Mario was on NES? Yeah. I think it came before NES. Um, it's, know. it's, so, I know the game that you're talking about. Cause it's it's like the, it's it's not Donkey Kong, but it's the weird it's the weird platform one. It might have been on an Atari. It's like, in the, the later Atari. I would guess Atari because Jumpman came from Donkey Kong. Maybe. Uh, I mean, like it was actually it was actually a hidden game in some of the original. That's what I was saying. Yeah, Mario Three Mario had it cartridges. as a hidden game, but it, it was like like a little Easter egg where if you're on the same yeah. block, you could play each it other. Looks like, it looks like an NES game. Yeah, because I don't. I don't think that uh, Nintendo ever put their stuff on Atari's. All right. Yeah. Well, like it, there, the was, box, there was there was there was that weird the, like interstitial period where actually Atari was supposed to be the distributor oh. for NES. Ar- well, it says arcade yeah, classics. Then, yeah, because it was originally in the arcades. But yeah. if you played it at home, you would have played it on. An Maybe NES. it wasn't available for a console. Maybe it was only an arcade. No, it was definitely on the NES. Yeah. I know that. I, yeah. They made an arcade version of it. Interesting. Jumpman is Mario and Luigi's father. My favorite by far. (laughs) Jumpman's their father? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, because you say they didn't have that series on the Atari, but he was born in Donkey Kong, right? So... Or at least his dad was. And actually, that's kind of creepy, because effectively, if you go by canon, he is Mario and Luigi's father, and originally Pauline's boyfriend. Who? Who then, who is the black-haired... 
alternative to Princess Peach, who is also Mario's side piece, as it were. So not only not only like in like a Game of Thrones Mm. Lannister bullshit. Yeah. You know, uh, but yes, Mario Mario is banging his stepmom. On the side. On the side. Sorry. My favorite cabinet game of all time. And Lady Julie's husband. Was only was the only arcade that had that was at Riverside Mall in Rome. And I only went there like when when I would go like camping with, with Rob Allen back in like seventh grade, eighth grade. It was uh Dungeons and Dragons Tower of Doom. It was like four player. Um, which it was kinda like Golden Axe on steroids. You could like choose like different paths to go. Like, yeah, do you want to go fight the dragon or do you wanna go through the swamp and it was awesome, and the fighter was my favorite character by far. So I happened to own an Atari 2600 and 5200, and Mario Brothers was released for both. Really? It huh? was, and it huh. was an arcade game. Nintendo released it as an arcade game, and that makes sense because Nintendo started making games. Like Game & Watch was an actual handheld game, Yeah. if you go back far enough. So that kind of makes sense. Um, so that is Pauline. I thought you said... I thought you said... Black side piece or something. No black, black hair. Oh. oh no no no! Wow, <laughs> wow, that is way misinterpreting. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that because Mario loves all people equally or hates all people equally. I'm not sure. It goes, it goes either way. Yeah. I mean, like he is deranged and murdering an entire. He is engaged in a campaign campaign of genocide against an entire sentient species. Yeah. She looks like Jessica from Roger Rabbit. Yep. Like he's Mario's ex. She's Mario's ex girlfriend, but she's also the ex girlfriend of his of his father, which is a oh. weird thing. Oh, so they're not okay. Like, so saying, she's like, no relation. Yeah. She's yes. no relation. She's just um, it's his potential stepmom that he yes. dated yeah. too. All right. Well, I mean, I guess if you're a cartoon character and you don't age, you can date. Whoever yeah, this you is, want, this right? is this is this is this is this is this is this is Mario and Luigi's mother. Uh, she looks exact. She looks just like Princess Peach. Yeah, you see, again, it's it, it, maybe maybe there's a lot. Who like created this family design. tree? Is this something that was made up over time? Abound, yes. and, uh, yeah, yeah. Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo just doesn't care about backstories. They just jump <laughs> Yeah, sure. There's the mother. <laughs> oh, he needs a, he needs another side piece. Uh, yeah, we got this character. Here you go. Oh, Grandpa Yoshi's here. Yeah. Uh, well, you know that and the thing that like maybe that gets into this whole like thing because like Cranky Kong, at least according to canon from like the Donkey Kong Adventure thing, Cranky Kong is actually the original Donkey Kong from Who's Cranky the, Kong? Cranky Kong is the old dude with the beard, like the old, the like very very old oh. uh, Kong that's in the Kong family. Okay, he is the so actual. when so when Donkey Kong became like a character that you wanted to play, they're like, well. What about the one this that is, kept the princess yeah. hostage? And you're like, oh shit, we got a hole in our plot. He's the grandpa. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. But that means that effectively Pauline is like 90 years old, which also goes back into this whole thing where effectively she's got to be like a succubus, which also makes it not like creepy that Mario's trying to like engage in the side piece action on that mm-hmm. because she's she's she is undead. So. Mm-hmm. But it's his ex though. This is his father's ex. Well, it's his father's ex. And is Princess Peach her daughter? No, no. Princess Peach and all of them are their their own thing. Okay, good, because that would be weird doing the mother daughter thing. I mean, like, you know, and even that, you know, like there's that whole there's that whole tenet that like actually, uh, Mario Mario is just not getting the point, and like Bowser has never kidnapped Princess Peach. It's really just kind of like they're having 
they're just having a weekend off, and he's got to go. Like Mario's got to bust in. Yeah. So she's cheating. Well, no, that implies that there's some committed per- permanent relationship between the two of do, them. Do you remember before the internet, before Snopes? Do you remember the crazy rumors about the games? Like I remember somebody telling me, like completely straight faced, that you could get the princess naked in Mario. Oh, yeah, that's well, yeah. Like I mean, Tomb that's Raider a, that's a that. bitmap. Yeah. It? yeah, oh, that's a. It, it, you what's can, you crazy can do that, is you can like do that in Tomb Raider is just a yeah. patch. Yeah, you have to patch the game, but yeah, there's all the crazy rumors. You put this code in, and yeah, it's crazy because like she's like, like maybe like 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 eighteen pixels tall. Mm-hmm. Even if her clothes were off, I don't even know if you could tell. It's like just a slightly different shade pink than the dress that she's well, wearing. Are you, are you it's saying it's, hormones, it's, my friend. it's the <laughs> custard? Yeah, back in that age, we didn't have much to, uh, to go off. It was it's the, the custard. catalog or Yeah, nothing. it's the Sears catalog. And are you saying that it's the Custer's revenge scenario where you only know that they're naked because Custer has like the three-pixel boner going on? I remember watching. Do you guys remember, remember it was called The Wizard? Oh, yeah, with yeah. Um, Fred, Fred Savage. It's so bad. I remember, Dark I don't know who starred in it, bad. but I remember learning the cheats for Mario 3, watching that game. Yeah. Like, they showed you how to, how, like, where all the yeah, exploits were. And I think, didn't it coincide with Mario 3's yes. release? Like, yeah. it was really... Yes, it was, it was really, it really is a feature, it was a feature, it was a feature-length advertisement for Nintendo. And it had the, it had the quintessential, here, we're gonna have, we're gonna have, a. Uh, Twelve-year-old girl performed the role of the pool hustle, the, the pool hustle distraction piece, and it's like this is inappropriate on like many levels. <laughs> that movie, unless it's Game of Thrones. Well, yeah. right. If it's Game of Thrones, twelve years. I mean, if they're if they're bleeding, then they can be wet. Yeah. Like Jesus. again, like I, I, you know, like the wizard, like. Some of that too, like I, I don't know if that's a movie that actually. I mean, it's still garbage, but it's one of those things where it's like, this was immensely dumb when it originally came out, but you know, like maybe it's the hipster, maybe it's the hipster thing, but like you kind of appreciate it for like the 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 satire, the unintentional satire piece that it became after the fact because it's like it, it is the perfect it is the perfect taking the piss statement. For all like those pool, like the romanticization of like pool hustling, you know, like the pool hustling and stuff like that, because that that was that was a thing. I mean, like fucking Paul Newman. Well, do you remember? Do you, you ever see that movie? I'm trying to think what the, I think. I think it's called just The Hustler. Mm-hmm. But that was like there was this whole like romanticism around this idea of like the guy wandering from town to town, mm-hmm. yeah, the master of his own destiny. And it's like, no, this is dumb. It's fucking, the- <laughs> yeah. Guy plays pool really well. Yeah, what yeah. a cool yeah, but what a cool premise, right? I mean, you're kind of like just living off of gambling on games. It's kind of a cool dream. You just have fun. Yeah. I, I mean, the reality of it is, is that you're sleeping in like a Motel Eight with bed bugs every night. Oh, I if mean, you're lucky. Well, actually, because there was there was there was two of them actually. <laughs> there were two of them that came around the scene because there's there's the wizard, mm-hmm. and then there's um. The one with the pool, no, the with the or the, with the uh, arc, with the uh, pinball, right? Is that the one you're thinking? Uh, no, I'm I'm thinking um, the one the, 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 the Ralph Macchi the Ralph Macchi the one that was Ralph Tommy. Macchio is the Tommy. the blues the, the blues guitarist. Oh trying to God, show. terrible! Yeah, like, like was what it a crossing the, the crossroads or something like that? Yeah, uh, but that was like modeled after uh, 
a famous like blues guitar. No, no, but I mean, it's, like it's, the story. It's, 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 that, it's that same thing where it's unintentional. I mean, like, you know, again, he has the fucking duel. With, he has the duel with the, the devil oh. guitarist. Mm-hmm. And the guy that they have playing the devil is actually pretty fucking awesome in that. That's what's cool back then is the bad guys were always pure evil. Like now they're not. Now it's like um, I kind of like that. Yeah, that's a relatable bad guy. Well, or, or the bad guy's the good well, guy now. Had, yeah. Because just, there's no such thing. Because as technology advances and as we know more about stories and things like that, which is what we pull movies from, right? We just <clears throat> very few movies are completely original ideas. It's all typically based on something, right? Based on some sort of a character. Like there are Hitler is a huge piece of shit. And downfall. Yeah, like those villains no longer exist. Like now people learn more about other people and it's easier to find out what their backgrounds are and what their motivations are, and it's a little easier to put yourself into the position of wow, I guess I can kind of see maybe how that person got there. Right. Where back like- then in World War Two you couldn't do that. Hitler's just a piece of shit. But now it's like Osama bin Laden, <clears throat> good example, pretty fucking infamous piece of shit. But it's like, no, he had all these ties to America, like, mm-hmm. and his country was. They built him a house. They built him a fucking house in California. Like, yeah, he, he was, like the, the, the Hollywood was Hollywood was like all up, all up in his shit. Yeah, yeah it would be interesting when a movie about him comes out, um, because he was also he was also revered by by the people that followed him. Right, he was a hero in some people's eyes because he was, you know. He was fighting what they viewed as Western oppression, Western right. so like social values is wow. oppressive. And look, like I said, I'm not. I don't agree with it. Like I think I'm glad what happened to him happened. But my my thing is like when you're making a movie now to make this just ultimate evil villain. What do you, what do you mean you're glad that what happened to him happened to him? That he got that he got to bail out, live in life of yeah. luxury and fucking like, South America. Fucking it's, like killing, it's like killing. Better off not breathing our air. It's like yeah. killing George W. It's like, yay, we killed him. And it's like, oh, well, he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. He, he did it all in the past. He well, waited no, until after he was retired. I mean, you, you actually, you listened to Joe Rogan intermittently, right? Yeah. Did you ever hear that one interview they had with the SEAL guy where they were talking about the ex-SEAL guy? Where they did the documentary, and basically there is the like the fucking straight up Nazi village in the middle of like the mountains of Argentina. Um, I saw, I heard of a clip of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, let's say Germany lost World War. Germany lost World War Two. The Nazi, the, the 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 real Nazi movers and shakers. I mean, like they threw some people to the fucking walls, but the real Nazi movers and shakers got away with it and fucking just bugged out because it's just. It's it's how this has always gone, you know. It's it's again. It's like when fucking things go big. Yeah, when things. Yeah, listen, that's too political. It's just the people who actually like do things. More often than not, the reason that they got to the position where they do things is because they don't have they don't have to deal with the consequences of doing those things. It's the whole point. It's the whole point of the fucking game. But my point is, when it comes to villains, there's no such thing as a pure evil villain because there's there is no such thing. Right. Like those people don't exist, and uh, they make the movie human. believable. They're born human, oh, so they have I, I get, somewhat of. I, I wish yeah. I could remember the fucking book because they're, they're actually they're, um, you know, and again we, we talk about it's kind of like abstract because this gets into the whole concept of like a conceptual weapon and abstract personification and stuff like that. So I understand that that's. Yeah. I don't but, even know what you just said. An abstract personification is basically. And I, like the 
a physical culmination of an idea you know like you can't you, you know like you're saying evil like there's no like there is no like I, I i extract this mineral out of the ground this is this is this is a pure isn't this is a everything? pure nugget of evil isn't that every idea um, no i mean like isn't it all just perception isn't everything that we describe just perceived this this well and this gets in this gets into kind of like the yeah multiverse well no but this gets into that whole Gervais like I, as much as I think he's a sanctimonious asshole sometimes um or actually not not a sanctimonious asshole just in, in immense asshole mm-hmm. but uh he, you know like he had the description of like the difference between science and religion was the idea that effectively um. Or a belief system is that if everyone that was everyone that disappeared that had that belief system, or everyone that had that belief system disappeared, you were most likely never going to reconstitute it. You know, like there's no, you're not going to come to the same conclusions. And like on a, on a scientific on a scientific view of the universe, like mm-hmm. the, the, the three laws of thermodynamics, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you'll eventually find them again. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of there's a sense of permanent. You know, there, there, there's a sense of permanence because it's intrinsic to the system. Well, you'll still find them. In, you'll still still find them both. It's it's not coincidental, right? It's not coincidental that every that every fucking civilization on the planet came up with religion. Like it's not coincidental. They aren't that different. Well, no, they, the technicalities are different, but they aren't that different. They all, almost all, um, have to do with with doing good while you're here, and then that will lead to happiness after life. Some mm-hmm. of them you come back. They all involve a power that they that, that that's bigger than them that they can't control. Yeah, because they all stem around the in the just complete income. In, it's impossible for us to truly understand mortality, right? Because you can't understand it, right? What Ricky Gervais is saying, and I completely disagree with him. He's saying that there that people are born with a doubt, and they're filling that doubt with a void. Uh, just some made-up bullshit. And that made-up bullshit is going to vary if you were to just annihilate the planet and then create the human species again. I'm saying no. It's too coincidental that the, that the concept of God comes back again and again and again. I think it's more... What the problem is is that we don't grasp the before and after, right? It comes to the meaning of life. We don't know what our purpose is in this universe. So we have to fabricate something about that. If science could explain that, religion is fucking gone. But science can't. So Ricky Gervais is wrong. The only thing about religion, when you can't comprehend something, you're going to come up with different explanations for why. But to say that religion is bullshit because it's made up, you're ignoring the fact that we keep making it up to begin with. Right? You're ignoring the fact that there's this like this desire in humanity to justify existence. It's more than just ones and zeros. You know, not really though. I mean, essentially your brain is a computer, like and it's just trying to fill in the it's gaps that it doesn't have. It's filling in the ones and zeros it's the, gaps. the best it can do. Right. I see it more as like, you know, human beings are you know, an inquisitive bunch, you know, curious oh. and like that. So basically it's like you know, your child comes up to you and say, "Why is the sky blue?" And you just make up some bullshit. You know, it's pretty pretty much the same. It's like somebody in charge says, "Oh, because this you know, this person you know higher than me who put me in charge." And it's basically how religion is. But that's true, Will. But the thing is, though, is we can find out why the sky's blue. Oh yeah. What we can't find out is where did life start from. 
Science cannot explain this. Scientists say, well, you know, statistically, these atoms will eventually come into an arrangement that creates the, the building blocks for life. Well, that's actually not provable. It's actually just a theory. And not one person that we're aware of has ever recreated life from nothing. It can't happen. So for, for Ricky Gervais to oversimplify that because he doesn't agree with religion, and, and in some ways I agree with him. I think that religion has done a lot of bad for humanity. So I, I, in some ways I agree that Ricky Gervais um, is on the right path by saying uh, that at least, at least we'll come back to one plus one is equal to two. If we were all wiped away and we were all brought back, we'll come back with the fact that 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 light travels um, in two waves, and that a color is actually the what's being reflected from the light. We're going to come back to all of those, and I agree with that part of his statement. But the for him saying, "Well, oh, religion is clearly bullshit," and because. It, all the stories are going to be different. Well, that th- th- doesn't mean that's just because we don't know how to explain the yeah. origin. And if you can't explain the origin, then th- the stories are going to come back. The concept of God is built into our brain because we want to crack that puzzle. And it's the only puzzle that we really can't crack is how the fuck we got here. So you, actually, I, I, I totally know how Wade feels because you totally fucking rolled over me before I finished my, my, my fucking <laughs> Sorry, got it. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> so, uh, where 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 I was going with that is that to your point, yes, there seems to be a prede- there seems to be a predilection to 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 exploring that space, and the concept of an a, 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 you know a, 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 you know a, 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 the conceptual weapon or the per- abstract personification is effectively it's like. Like you know, like you know, what is it, the the play the the allegory of the cave in Plato? It's like you know, basically, I I'm 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 perceive I I'm I'm observing something in this universe, and I don't know what I'm observing because I I can't I can't I can't grab all the information of it. I'm just seeing I'm seeing the shadow cast of it, and what you know, like this gets into Jungian psychology and stuff like that. But what you're what you what you're uh, what you're kind of creating as an archetype because you don't have all the information relative to the thing that you're attempting to assemble an idea around so you kind of like you, you kind of you kind of build this abstract model of it in your mind and it once once it gets once it gets to a point where enough people kind of have the same abstract model it becomes a, it, it becomes a concept in and of itself you know like basically it like you say that you know, like everyone has this same concept. Like there's an app, you know, like whether what happens when what happens when you cease, you know, the concept of evil, that kind of thing. It's like there's always there's always different incar- there's always different encapsulations of these ideas, but they're you know, like you say that everyone agree, you know, whether everyone agrees that there's such a thing, there are different encapsulations of these ideas, and they become abstracts in and of themselves, and. You get in the Huna Huna Crystal territory when you start getting into that conversation as well, but yeah, it's 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 that effectively they they as far as the human experience goes, they kind of transcend any idea of usable. It sounds to me like you're describing superstition. Uh, And superstition is 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 a it's a it's it's a survival instinct for us. Right, and it's because we can't possibly comprehend everything. Well, it's, so we have to categorize. That's where racism comes from. Well, it's all superstition. It, it, it's it's 
so the, this gets back to like one of the things that I think I've probably beaten the ground way too. So it's this idea that we are we are the reapplication of, of a certain selective set of mental mechanisms. You know, like basically nature doesn't make anything new; it just reapplies stuff. It's like why, um, you know, like we have God makes us all. No, no, but you know, it's like it's 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 like well, well, you know, like they talk about like you you see you see faces in the you see faces where they aren't, like in pictures, because we have we have we have mechanisms in our mind that are designed specifically to. Have you seen the upside down faces where they turn the eyes, the nose, and the mouth upside down, and you can recognize the person? It's fucking creepy. Mm. We can recognize faces upside down. Like our eyes are tuned to recognize the eyes only right side up. Yeah. So you can you can flip all of the parts on a face upside down and you can recognize Tom Cruise. When you actually put it right side up, it looks fucking disgusting. So I know what you're saying. But, yeah, yeah, we do there's certain But we but you know, and again, like because these are internal because the the thing is is that are on the internal side as well, because we have sensory perception mechanisms that are optimized for handling certain pieces of information. Or attempting to extract usable stuff. It's like why you fucking see things in the dark that aren't there, because your brain, you know, because there's there's an advantage. Well, that's being... that's those are ghosts. Those Correct. are those are dead people that came back. Yeah. Okay. Because the afterlife exists. But at the same at the same time, you have the you have you have the, you have these counterparts that are internally based, just not unlike not unlike what you're seeing, but what you're thinking, like actually what what's going on internally. And it, they have the same. They have the same thing. Where basically you will start, you will start trying to fill in the holes on things that you can't. You know, like you're missing information on, and you will just attempt to come. To, you will attempt to come to the closest usable model that allows you to like move on from this point. And that, again, that's where it's where you have these abstract concepts because eventually. The abstract becomes usable just from the perspective of like, okay, I can talk to another person about this thing that I'm, I'm thinking about, and then everybody kind of like, as time goes on, the abstract gets more and more refined till it's like, okay, then this the, the, basically this conceptual being has come into it, into existence. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's, you know, like, it's, that's it's, it's, qual- it's, it's but that's math. qualitative, but it's more qualitative versus quantitative, right? I mean, you can always describe something as big. Or you can say that it's seven meters, yes. right? It's qualitative versus quantitative. But when it the, comes to yeah, but when it comes to the con- the concepts, it I still just say it's superstition. I think it's easier to describe. I don't know. And, yeah, not not that we're not that we have fucking reading assignments in the podcast, podcast. But if you ever get a chance, like just Carl Jung had some pretty interesting stuff on this, and it's just the the idea the idea of the archetype, and it's where because it, it gets it gets into the whole concept of like how much of our how much of our reality is mediated by our fellows itself you know it's it, and where you say you know you say superstition it's it's more like it gets into this idea that effectively we are not individuals in the sense that we perceive ourselves in that we are actually this this, this collective group, conscience collective group yeah and just because we're not directly hooked into each other doesn't mean that we're not exchanging information and shaping each other's. Yeah, but we're we're but we're collective by environment though, and that's the problem with these guys is you can only go so far down this philosophical rabbit hole. We're we're our environment makes us a collective, right? And that's because we're social animals. If you lock us in a room, 
we're not. So it's not part of how we're made. It's just part. It may be part of us, like instinctually, and in what we expect out of our yeah, environment. But when we lock, but when we lock ourselves in, but when we're locked in rooms, eventually we decohere and become mm-hmm. gibbering piles of dog shite. And at the bottom of all of it, I mean, we're still talking about what we consider the tangible universe, right? The the universe where this, our laws of physics exist. Arcade game thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, no. Actually, maybe maybe it's relevant because again, so maybe our problem is is that our collective reality is effectively that fucking teenage mutant ninja turtle games, and nobody's fucking bothering to update the update that switch. <laughs> and it's like we're <laughs> wait wants to end on that button replacement. We're one button replacement away from the end of all. Yeah, every podcast can end with the meaning of life. It always can. We Every can conversation. To. We can we can try to figure it out. But what I have figured out is it's time to end the podcast. Yeah, that's that's God. That's what God would have wished as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. I hope you'll come back. Fantastic. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you later. Ride the snake.